Hello, creepy creatures. Welcome to Paranormal Oddities. It's your ghosty hosties, Moon and Haley. Today's episode, we will be going over the stories of the Bell Witch and the Gnocchi. Be prepared to have a scare, get comfy, and enjoy. We're starting with the Bell Witch first. Teehee. <laughs> in the early 1800s, John Bell moved his family from North Carolina to the Red River bottomland of Robertson County, Tennessee. Settling in the Red River community, which later became the present-day Adams, Tennessee, Bell purchased some land and a large house for his family. Over the next several years, he acquired more land, increasing his holdings to 328 acres and cleared a number of fields for planting. He also became an elder of the Red River Baptist Church. Wow. Wow. <laughs> John <Old> and <laughs> John and his wife, Lucy Bell, had three more children after moving to Tennessee. I think they had, like, nine children total. My grandparents peed that. <laughs> Losers. <laughs> <laughs> the Bells had a very happy and successful early life at the Red River Settlement. One day in 1817, John Bell was inspecting his cornfield, which he encountered a strange-looking animal sitting in the middle of a corn row. Shocked by the appearance of this animal, which had the body of a dog and the head of a rabbit, Bell shot several times. The animal vanished. This was the first documented manifestation of the entity. Bell thought nothing more of the incident, at least not until after dinner. That evening, the family began hearing beating sounds on the outside of the walls of their log at home. The mysterious sounds continued with increased frequency and force each night. Bell and his sons often hurried outside to catch the culprit, but always returned empty-handed. In the weeks that followed, the Bell children began waking up frightened, complaining that rats were gnawing at their bedposts. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> Not long after that, the children began complaining of having their bed covers pulled from them and their pillows tossed onto the floor by a seemingly invisible entity. Wimps. <laughs> it's also said that this entity allegedly turned a man into a mule. Oh, that's, that's cute. Yeah, um... Slay? Question mark? As time went on, the bells began hearing faint whispering voices, which too weak to understand but sounded like a feeble old woman singing hymns. The encounters escalated, and the bell's youngest daughter, Betsy Bell, began experiencing brutal encounters with the invisible entity. It would pull her hair and slap her relentlessly, after leaving welts and handprints on her face and body. The disturbances about which John Bell had vowed his family to secret finally escalated to the point that he shared his family trouble with his closest friend and neighbor, James Johnson. It took his daughter being, like, full-on fist fought by the entity for him to tell someone. What the hell is his buddy gonna do? Shoot it? <laughs> I don't know. Just, Skep- hey, my daughter's getting slapped by a ghost. Do something. <laughs> uh. Skeptical at first, Johnson and his fa- and his wife spent the night at the Bell home. Things began peacefully, but once they retired for the evening, they were subjected to the same terrifying disturbances that the Bells had been experiencing. After their bed covers were yanked off and James was, sla- was slapped, he sprang out of bed exclaiming, In the name of the Lord, who are you and what do you want? The entity did not respond. The rest of the night was peaceful. The next morning, Mr. Johnson explained to the Bells that the culprit was likely an evil spirit that the Bible talked about. The Bible talks about several. Like, you can't just leave that as your own brother. There's like a thousand. You gotta be more specific, buddy. For real. The entity's voice strengthened over time and became loud and unmistakable. It sang hymns, quoted scripture, carried on intelligent conversation, and once even quoted word for word two sermons that were preached at the same time on the same day, 13 miles apart. She's stalking them. (laughs) For real. Oh my god, ew, stalker. (laughs) Word of the supernatural phenomena soon spread outside the settlement, even to Nashville, where the then Major General Andrew Jackson became interested in the so-called Bell Witch. John Bell Jr., which is, like, John Bell's kid. Really? Yeah. 
<laughs> Along with his brothers, Drury Bell and Jesse Bell had fought under General Jackson in the Battle of New Orleans. A few le- years later, in 1819, ja- Jackson heard about the disturbances at the Bell home and decided to pay a visit and investigate. As Jackson's entourage consisted of several men, well-groomed horses, and a large wagon, approached the Bell property. The wagon jolted to a sudden stop. It had become stuck in the muddy creek bed, and the horses were unable to pull it. At least that was what the men thought. After several minutes of cursing and trying to coax the horses into pulling the wagon, Jackson exclaimed, by the eternal boys, that must be the Bell Witch. Then suddenly a disembodied female voice told Jackson that they could proceed and that she would see them later that evening. Creepy. Oh my my god. Are they like, are they gonna go on a date? Oh my god, that's so cute. (laughs) Man, imagine dating a ghost witch thing. For real. They were then able to proceed across the property up the lane into the Bell home. That evening, Jackson told old war stories while his entourage set up their tents in John and Lucy Bell's yard. One of the men claimed to be a witch tamer after several uneventful hours. He pulled out a shiny pistol and proclaimed that its silver bullet would kill any evil spirit that came into contact with What? (laughs) He went on to say that the reason nothing had happened to them was because whatever had been haunting the Bells was scared of his silver bullet. That sounds like something... I think you know what I mean. Yeah. Scared of my silver bullet. Come on. Immediately, the man screamed and began jerking his body in different directions, complaining that he was being struck with pins and beaten severely. A strong, swift kick to the man's posterior region from an invisible foot sent him out the front door. Instant karma. Yeah, your silver bullets are so scary. (laughs) Angry that the entity spoke up and announced that there was yet another fraud in Jackson's team, and she would identify him the following evening. Now terrified, Jackson's man begged to leave the Bell Farm. Jackson insisted on staying. He wanted to know who the other fraud was. Of course he does. This is why white people die so early in the horror movies. For real. The men eventually went outside to sleep in their tents while continuously begging Jackson to leave. What happens next is not clear, but Jackson and his entourage were spotted in a nearby Springfield early the next morning. Going back to Nashville, some allege that Jackson later proclaimed, I would rather fight the British at New Orleans than fight the Bell Witch. Fuck the British. Wimp. <laughs> the disturbances decreased after Betsy and Joshua's engagement ended, but the entity continued to express disdain for John Bell, relentlessly vowing to kill him. Bell had been experiencing episodes of twitching in his face and difficulty swallowing for almost a year, and the lady grew worse with time. By the fall of 1820, his declining health had confined him to the house, where the malicious entity continuously removed his shoes when he tried to walk and slapped his face when he recovered from his numerous seizures. Rude. Maybe he should just do better. For real. Her shrill voice was heard all over the farm, cursing and chastising old Jack Bell, the nickname she had given him. John Bell breathed his last breath on the morning of December 20th, 1920, after slipping into a coma a day earlier. Immediately after his death, the family found a vial of strange black liquid in the cupboard. Okay, little disclaimer, they do kill a cat in this part. If you don't want to hear that, just skip ahead a little bit. All right, people, see. John Jr. sprinkled two drops on the cat's tongue. The cat jumped up into the air, rolled over in midair, and was dead when it hit the floor. Okay, it's over. (laughs) The entity then exclaimed, I gave old Jack a big dose of that last night, which fixed him. Uh Uh-huh, sure. Uh Uh-huh, fixed him. Got it. That's why he's dead. Crisp. (laughs) John Jr. tossed the mysterious vial into the fireplace. It burst into a bright blue flame and shot up the chimney. John Bell's funeral was one of the largest ever held in Roberts County. Slay. People people attended from miles away, and three preachers, two Methodists and one Baptist, eulogized? We're gonna hope that's that word. Eulogized him. As As the crowd of mourners began leaving the graveyard, the Bell Witch entity laughed and sang a song about a bottle of brandy. Her fervent singing didn't stop until the last mourner had left the grave. The entity's presence was almost non-existent after John Bell's demise, as though it had fulfilled its purpose. Over time, Betsy became interested in Joshua Gardner, a young man who lived nearby. With the blessings of their parents, they decided to marry. Oh, that's cute. (laughs) 
Everyone was happy about their engagement. Well, almost everyone. The evil, mysterious entity became furious and repeatedly ordered Betsy not to marry Joshua. Of course not, because why does the entity want anyone to be happy? Does she want Joshua? (gasps) Imagine. The triangle we never knew. (laughs) Betsy and Joshua's former school teacher, Professor Richard Powell, had been noticeably interested in Betsy for some time and had expressed interest in marrying her when she became older. Oh, creepy. Mm. Disgusting. It's giving the teacher... From Anne with an E. It's giving pedophile. (laughs) By some accounts, Powell, who was 11 years Betsy's senior, was a student of an occult ventriloquism, a mathematical genius, and well-versed in hortic culture and geology. He was secretly married to a woman in a nearby Nashville, Esther Scott. During the time he lived and taught school at Red River and perceived as a happy-go-lucky bachelor and expressed his unwavering fondness for Betsy Bell. Mm. Ew. Lovely. According to early accounts, Powell politely expressed his disappointment with T- Betsy's engagement to Joshua and wished her a long and prosperous marriage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay, whatever you say, buddy. Betsy Loser. and Joshua could not go to the river, the field, or the cave to play without the entity nagging them. The constant pressure was more than Betsy Bell could handle, and on Easter Monday of 1821, she met Joshua at the river and broke off the engagement. Oh. All this over a ghost. <laughs> In April of 1821, shortly after Betsy Bell had broken off her engagement, the entity visited John Bell's widow, Lucy Bell, and told her that it was leaving, but would return in seven years. Slay. Oh, okay. The entity returned in 1828 as promised. Most of the return visit centered on John Bell Jr., with whom the entity discussed the origin of life, civilians, Christianity, and the need of a major spiritual reawakening. Of particular significance when its predictions of the Civil War and other major events, some of which she missed. The entity bade farewell after three weeks, promising to visit John Bell's most direct descendant in 107 years. Oh my god, how sweet. How committed. The year would be 1935, and the closest living direct descendant at the time was Nashville physician Dr. Charles Bailey Bell, a neurologist and John Bell Sr.'s great-grandson. In 1934, Dr. Bell published a book about the Bell Witch, likely to raise awareness of the spirit's impending return. The book contains the first ever account of the alleged conferences between the entity and John Bell Jr. in 1828. The author's father, Dr. Joel Thomas Bell, had allegedly taken notes during the conferences and upon his death passed them down to him, Dr. Charles Bailey Bell. Dr. Bell published no follow-up to his 1934 book. He died in 1945 and is buried at Bellwood Cemetery in Adams, Tennessee. Did the Bellwoods return in 1935 as promised? Some say she did not return, or that if she did, they were not aware of it. But many say she never left the place to begin with. The entity that tormented the Bell family and the Red River settlement almost 200 years ago is often blamed for unexplainable manifestations that occur near the old Bell farm today. The faint sounds of people talking and children playing can sometimes be heard in the area, and it's not uncommon to see candlelights dance through the dark fields late at night. Photography is especially difficult. Some pictures taken in the area show mist, orbs of light, and other phenomena, including human-like figures that were not present when the pictures were taken. Slay. Mm. <laughs> Could these phenomena be related to the hauntings of John Bell's family? I don't know. Cut it. I don't know. The cause of the Bell family's torment 200 years ago, along with some continuous phenomena in the area, although to a lesser extent, remain a mystery. Numerous theories have been put forth, but all have been debunked. However, most researchers agree that something had to have caused the incidents at Red River in the early 1800s that gave rise to the Bell Witch legend as we know it today. Who knows? It happened to John Bell's family in 1817. Maybe next time it'll happen to your family. Hold that thought for now. Pleasant dreams. I don't know. I don't plan on moving over there. Just saying. Yeah, no, I, I don't even think I'd go to visit, actually. Actually, I think I'd like to visit, but maybe with Zach Baggins, so yeah. I can sacrifice him. <laughs> or some kind of ghost expert? Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Maybe if I leave my Auntie Satan there, the Bell Witch will take her. 
Yeah. Snatch. Oh, you done on your auntie? I'll take it. <laughs> okay. The Noken is one of those tales that make you wonder, why do I even take the time to enjoy nature? For real. You know, all those funny things. This dude can show up in almost any bounds of water in the beautiful countries of Scandinavia. Woo. Yay. Don't go water places there. No. Uh, the Noken also referred to Nok, Nick, Nixie, Nick, Nikor, or Nexi, or Fossagrim is a shape-shifting water spirit mostly showing itself as a beautiful human man, but can also show themselves as a snake, a silverfish, or a horse white as snow. The brook horse. That's what people call him when you're in a horse. The brook horse. I know, so creative. <laughs> the brook horse lures men, women, and children to climb upon its back and then drown their unfortunate riders. Woo! Yeah. Drown those kids, am I right? <laughs> yeah. Or when the Noken isn't the brook horse, and as a typical male spirit, he will play his enchanted little songs on his silly little violin to lure his silly, silly little victims into the water so Ooh. they can learn how to swim. Just kidding. Drown. Yeah. Don't know how to swim. Too bad. Drown. I don't even think you need to know how to swim to drown. Fair. I don't know. I couldn't say. I don't know how to swim. Either way, they're drowning. <laughs> they're dead. They're dead. In some tales, the Noken could teach you how to play the violin or fiddle by offering the Noken food, alcohol, tobacco, or your blood! Ain't that cute? Slay, I'm taking the food, seriously. <laughs> One of these lessons was given to the great Torgir Augenstin, also known as Miller Guten, meaning Miller Boy. Taking the Noken as one of his many mentors. Straight up, that guy had a lot of mentors. Like, oh Slay. my god. I think, if I remember correctly, there was at least three or more. Cool. I guess you need that many to learn how to play the fiddle so well. Yes, of course. Mm. It's not a lot of ways to kill the Noken, but there's like ways to keep him away, kill him, all that fun stuff. Slay. Every silly little water spirit, whatever the hell. They got that. They got that. There are some ways to keep away the Noken. To kill, you must learn and then speak his name repeatedly. Tilly pops dice. And to keep him away, you either have to have a piece of steel on you, on your person, or throw it into the water. Okay. Kind of like a little werewolf situation. Slay. Why does he not like steel? Great question. <laughs> Do steel and water not mix? Is Toaster there a bath? science? I don't know. Is there a science to this that we don't know of? No idea. Okay. We are so into this. Yes. Noken also have been featured in video games. For example, God of War and Bramble the Mountain King. Both games owe me therapy. Slay. There's I'm also just... cabins named Noken. You know, Noken cabins and all that fun stuff. Awesome. I couldn't find any reason why the cabins would be named Noken, and if it's connected to the water spirit, there might be. Possibly. Maybe they just thought it'd be cute. Yeah, for the aesthetic. For the aesthetic. And another thing that was kind of named after the Noken, called the Juicy Noken. Oh yeah, this thing. Yeah, the Juicy Noken. <laughs> Woo. Yes, the Juicy Noken. I'm not going to explain it. You can look that up yourself. It's traumatizing. Don't look it up. You should totally look it up. Anywho, the Juicy the Juicy Noken is also mentioned in God of War, and apparently it's the reason why Brock was banned from Alfheim. Oh, slay. Yeah. Wonderful. I mean, hey, if you're into fan fiction, maybe get inspired for Juicy Noken. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. That's kind of all I got about Noken so far. Okay. Do we have any last thoughts or opinions for our viewers? Listeners, you're not viewers. You can't see anything listeners they can see us in their dreams yes i don't know any last opinions i don't think so i think we're okay you know this 
is a little theory of mine, and I think everyone else agrees about this when it comes to Noken. Mm-hmm. Noken is definitely sick. Are you going to try to seduce him in d and I don't know. Am I? It's a question for Nick. I mean, he's probably going to go on my list of monsters to seduce. Nick? No, not him! <laughs> the Noken. Got it. Yeah, the Noken. Got it. Got Anyway. Do my ancestors proud? <laughs> yes. Look out for oddities. It's a scary world out there. That's all for day. Moon and Haley signing off.